The following podcast discusses alternative sexual practices in loving and detailed terms, and as such may not be appropriate for young children, those who don't understand English, or my mother. Mom, I know you want to be supportive of my endeavors, but seriously, stop the podcast and walk away. We've had enough uncomfortable conversations over Facebook. We don't need another one at Thanksgiving dinner. Listener discretion is advised. of Wholesome Kink and Perverted Knitting. I'm Sir Arcane. I'm Lansing Mike. And we welcome you. I don't know when you will be listening to this, but we are recording the Sunday before Thanksgiving 2015. November 22nd. November 22nd, 2015, at about 1.30 in the afternoon mm-hmm. on a lovely... Sunny day, blue skies, clouds. Highly reflective... <laughs> Because there's lots of snow. Lots of snow from last night's ugliness. But before we get into that, as always, a Harry... Oh, darn cheap tray tables. Anyway, as I was saying, as always, a Harry Prone Companion is brought to you by the Esquire Bar in Old Town Lansing on Turner Street, one block north of Grand River. We at A Harry Prone Companion and our associate group, Lansing Bar, are going to be reviving Leather Fridays at the Esquire Bar. First Friday of every month, come in in leather and find other people there in leather. It's a chance to meet interesting people and discuss interesting things and, yeah, get to know the kinksters in your area. Yeah, it's a, it was... Always established, Esquire, the first Friday of every month used to be Leather Night, which they'd waive their $2 cover fee if you came predominantly in leather, at least a vest and harness. That's changed because I don't know if they don't charge cover on uh, Fridays anymore unless they actually have entertainment. Right. So if there's a DJ, they charge cover. And I mentioned that to them. And so it's in question whether you have to pay the $2 or not, but it's only $2. <laughs> yeah, it's it's only $2. We want to try and drive more business mm-hmm. to the Esquire and... And reestablish. I mean, I know that when it was regular, there's a number of people who are in the area and would come from around to go for First Friday's at Esquire because it was leather night. And we just kind of let that fade, and so it's like we need an outlet. We don't always want to have to go down to Detroit or out to Grand Rapids. To Especially have... on nights like last night. <laughs> yes, speaking of, oh, depressing, yeah. Last night was, according to the Weather Channel, Winter Storm Ajax, the first winter storm of the season. No. The Weather Channel is naming winter storms now like they name hurricanes. Hmm. I actually know somebody named Ajax. I do, too. Yeah. <laughs> he was kind of flattered. And, uh, you know. I don't know. I've fallen off touch with the Ajax I know. There might be multiple Ajaxes. Could be. I guess his parents were fans of either Greek myths or cleaning products. Oh, I'm talking about someone whose pup name is Ajax. Oh, no. His, his, okay. his mother named him Ajax. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, Ajax seems like a good pup name. And a lot of pups pull from mythology. One of the... First pups I played with called himself Pup Loki, and seems to be a rather common name in pupdom. It has a lovely mischievous ring to it. And, and, yes. And you know, probably some Tom Hiddleston love in there, too. Yeah. <laughs> ah, the Nords and Tom of Finland and... Ugh, that ass. Uh, <laughs> sorry, where was I? Weather. Wet weather. Weather, weather. Yeah, because basically this huge storm front came up, pretty much up the mitten, you know, like a glove, you know, a hand into a glove. And yeah, you could see where it was rain at one point, and then it became snow pre-Chicago. And there's all this warning, and you know, Lansing misses a lot of shit. A lot of storms, oh my god, storms, oh my god, Grand Rapids are going to be hit. But that's usually when it's coming from the west. Yes. And yeah, the west side gets dumped on. And Lansing just gets a dusting. I'm like, okay. Yeah, like I know Mar- snow. Yeah. 
And I know for my own self, I had something I wanted to go to in Ypsilanti. I'm like, I'm going to do it. And I did it. And it was like nerd stuff and it was great. I'm glad I did it. But then yeah, you were sensible and didn't. <laughs> yes. For those who are not from Michigan and may not know the geography, Lansing to Ypsilanti on a clear day is, what, about an hour? 74 miles. Yeah. Yep. Hour, 12 minutes. Hour, by, 12 minutes. Yeah. Via MapQuest. Driving that in... I overheard that total snowfall was 8.2 inches, but only about three inches survived. Mm. Only about three inches stuck on the ground. Yeah, that was, and it was snowing sideways for a while. Oh. Yeah, um, the snow was not so bad in my drive, but I left at 10 o'clock-ish, 9.30, 10. I lost count after seeing 10 cars that had spectacularly wiped out along the way. Yeah, people who forgot how to drive, as always happens, and took it, and that was early in the day. I returned at night. Many friends had told me not to. I didn't listen because I wanted to be in my own bed. And I had no troubles because I took it slower. But yeah, it took two and a half hours to come back. And again, some spectacular wipeouts were witnessed no i mean not actually but i saw the aftermath of a car sitting there and someone waiting for the tow truck yeah fun times so yeah it was not a night to be out and so you were sensible and didn't go out but yeah it sounds like you unfortunately well you missed the things like I said i would have really kicked myself for missing things and well but you were sensible and well yeah and i had planned on going to a dungeon party how to put this correctly. This was the first dungeon party that I had ever been to back in the early 2000s. 99? 98, 99? So a different event than the uh, Detroit... Yes. Uh, okay. Yes. D- different event than Detroit Bondage Club. A lot of crossover there between this party and DBC. But I really enjoyed going to it. I'd only been... I've been back once this year after about a 10, 12-year break. It had been a while. Well, when I left the Detroit area, I moved up to East Dallas, which is about four hours on a good day between Detroit and East Dallas. So, yeah, I really wasn't able to get down to enjoy it. Is this more of a private event? Yes. In... I mean, like a person's home? Yes. Okay. Yeah. In a condo ask that you know we park in certain designated areas and that if we are wearing fetish gear to have it covered until we get in the front door i've always had fun at those parties and i was going to take our mutual acquaintance he called it off he didn't trust my car and my driving skills well he didn't trust the driving skills of everybody else on the road at that time so he canceled and two other people who i was going to meet there also canceled and i was like forget it i'm staying home i'm curious yeah how many showed did you hear how many showed up no i didn't hear how many showed up i figured at least a few probably did show up because most of the people come from within 30 minutes okay so here in lansing is about the edge of where he pulls okay And I was hoping that I would get a bit of inspiration from that party about what to talk about today. And, yeah, so I'm without inspiration. But one thing I can talk about is what we did after the last recording, which was not together, but we both ended up at the same munch. Oh, yes. Okay. I'm like, thinking, <laughs> what, did, what did we do? I'm You're, just like, it's a week a week ago. I was like, God, like I remember yesterday. And I yeah, I mean, your eyes were just completely confused. <laughs> so, yes, last week I went to my very first munch. And yeah, for those not unaware of munches, it just tends to be a non-fetish, grandma-friendly event where people in the king community will get together at a restaurant hang out and get to know each other at a non-scene area it's a way to kind of test the waters meet people uh for new people who might be a bit skittish to like have a nice easy entry in 
I might object to being grandma friendly. That's how the, the Lansing Munch calls it. It's like wear nothing that your grandmother wouldn't approve of. Well, no. What we were wearing, yes, was perfectly appropriate. Oh, no. Topics for, can for be. For a, a Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, yeah, but topics of conversation. They're, uh, they're mostly trying to get away from people coming in complete, you know, fetish wear that it's like, uh, because some people who are like still skittish or want to maintain that division, it's like, nope, I just want to. Be like, look like a bunch of muggles. Well, I mean, one person was wearing a pair of cat ears. That could just be written off as fashion rather than fetish. And I also saw a corset and kind of, uh, you know... Right, but again, not... More fashion as opposed to... Right, she she wasn't pulled to 19 inches. She had a nice set of shelf boobs going. Completely acceptable for the Ren Fair, so you yeah. Know. And you take your grandma to the Ren Fair, so you know. It's, yeah. <laughs> but you know, they yeah they want to look very mundane, so a newbie will not be like, oh, I can't be in this crowd. Yeah, but met several interesting people. Saw uh, compared tattoos with a few people. Saw several interesting hair colors. Mm-hmm. Color is in this season when it comes to hair, and yeah, saw you. Saw somebody else we both know, and and I met and I I think the important thing is to meet new people. Um, I met two new guys that you know, go figure. I chat with the guys, but uh, <laughs> you know, two new guys that were new to the scene. One had been to a play party. Um, there was a second bunch. Another guy was new. Um, you know, chat them both up. You know, invariably they turn out to be straight boys who like the boobies and aren't so fond of cocks, but. It takes all kind. Well, we look more gay. Yeah, I did meet one who likes, as was described in Spartacus, he likes snails and oysters. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot of bi and pansexuality, I think, present. But it does, at least in the Lansing area, the Munches do seem to have a, at least in the past, have leaned more toward a, uh, you know, a straight, which is fine because, again, I have a good time going there. Uh, I've talked to many people. But it can take also a while to warm up, which is something you have to watch out when you go there. Uh, you'll get out of it what you put into it. I think they do. They try and make an effort to approach new people, be friendly to them, make sure they're welcome. But I know many people have had a bad experience where I think they went in expecting to have their hand more held. And when they weren't, you know, or didn't, then would get on Fet Life afterwards and like, they're horrible, they're cliquish, they don't talk to me. And the situation was one of this person had been approached had been talked to by a couple of people, had not made himself very available, as in sat in the corner of the room and just kind of glared mostly. And then I don't know what he was, how he expected, what he was expecting from it, but he wasn't getting it. It probably was not realistic. And like, and then vented afterwards. And it's like, okay. Also showing lack of maturity. It's like, oh yes, something's gone wrong. I must vent on the internet. It's like, no, this should not be step one. Oh. <sighs> But people responded appropriately, and they they try and be good about that. It's like, listen, we saw you, we tried to approach, you seem not to want to talk, which is also acceptable. My first few munches, I was a wallflower. I'm like, I know these people very, very casually. They're talking amongst themselves, you know, I will ease myself into it, and I didn't. And now I show up, and people are like, oh my gosh, where have you been? It's like, busy, lazy. (laughs) (laughs) I had a good time. My husband has marveled at my ability to be able to talk to anybody i think part of that is because i like to think that i have a wide breadth of knowledge Mm -hmm. i know a little bit about a lot of things which can make it kind of difficult when looking for a job Mm -hmm. because people seem to want specialists these days but but it makes probably conversation very yes small talk very well i mean i talked about electric organ and all sorts of different things talked about body art and tattoos and role-playing games and And the thing about munch is it it does bring out the more social part of me where i do see a stranger i'm more likely to initiate and talk to them because they could be that person who's like wanting someone you know like i'm nervous i'm not feeling up to talk you know initiating conversation and if i you know a stranger starts talking to them casually and non-threateningly, and it's like, you know, I do my best not to be the, my creepy old man self. It's like, <laughs> hello, little boy, you are cute. What do you like to do to get off? It's like, no, it's more like, hi. 
Oh, but Nugent I like your creepy old man. <laughs> yeah, but we, you know, we save it for special events. <sighs> well, yes. <laughs> so, I had a really good time. Had reasonably good food. I mean, it it's a bar and grill. It's a bar and grill. It's bar quality food. Um, the nice thing that's happened, um, they, they meet at a local bar, Trippers. Yeah, I, I think, I think okay, we can yeah. name it. Yeah, um, uh, yeah the Trippers, um, it's a sports bar. Um, the nice thing that happened, which has changed... They've changed the menu. Once upon a time, because we were such a large group, we got the edited menu of only certain items. It was always annoying because, you know, it's like you couldn't get a calzone. You couldn't get a lot of the things that, you know, are actually pretty good on the menu. And it's like, okay, great. You know, we're in the you know back of the bus. Thank you. I can understand it for whatever reasons, you know, just efficiency reasons. But right. now that's gone. There's one menu. Everyone gets it. So it's like, yeah, a bit more variety. So at least we have that. Yeah, and there are quite a few more things I'd like to try on there. And it was nice because we were a large group. Bills were split, but the gratuity was already on there. Mm-hmm. And I also kicked in a, a couple of other bucks because it ain't easy working a, a group that big. Yeah. And we were there for a long time. And we do need a lot of, like, you know, refills because we're there chatting for a long time. So, yeah, the, the staff there has predominantly been very good for us and we've there's been many a server that we've actually bonded with and learned their names and love to see them and then they moved on to management positions and are lost to us now but (laughs) yes trippers in frandor Mm -hmm. the munch itself is the third sunday of every month unless there's a holiday stop on by either just stop by the bar to support another company that supports us or swing by the munch if you're in town we would love to have more people and there's also uh, i believe first thursday they also do uh, munch at trippers okay which um from the people i saw sunday said that thursday one tends to be more more attended more highly attended okay my thursdays are a little tied up so i don't think i'll be able to make the thursday but another munch that i want to go to is the one at the Grand Traverse Pie Company oh. that is the Crafty Munch. One that on the Fet Life board specifically say, even if you've never knitted or crocheted before, bring along your needles or hooks and some cotton, and we will show you how to make a washcloth. <laughs> and there's been many, many different times. I've seen people uh, just perler beads, little plastic beads you iron together. Yes. Yeah, I've seen people playing with those. Um, many different crafts are there. So uh, someone was doing leather work for his, um, uh, he had an outfit because he's a reenactor and was trying to make an authentic, you know, outfit. And he was working on his leather projects there. So, I mean, all varieties of interesting crafts. And yeah, that meets, I think, every other Wednesday. Um, I can never remember which ones. But, you know, Grand Traverse Pie Company in East Lansing. Um, and I think it starts about 6.30 and goes on till 9.30 or 10 or closing. I want to go to one of those since it seems to cross over perfectly mm-hmm. with what we're doing here. Yes. <laughs> Surprise. And perhaps we will find an interview subject or two mm-hmm. that we can rope in once the well of just our <laughs> own imaginations run dry and we're scrambling for things to talk about. I mean, I could talk about my adventures as well hustler in a in small town michigan i may eventually talk about what it was like to be the only gay guy at a pagan lesbian mountaintop wedding that was an interesting episode i actually brought that up on when i was interviewed for the sewers of paris oh Mm -hmm. and said that's one reason why i need my own podcast because i've got (laughs) a lot more stories and that's one of them so whenever that episode of the sewers of paris drops the next week, I will actually tell that story to those who come to us from the sewers of Paris. And if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know about Matt Baum's sewers of Paris, oh my God, go listen to it. As soon as you are done listening to this, look up Matt Baum, get the sewers of Paris. It's He does a- interviews with uh, gay men about the culture that informed them of kind of their gay identity and what you know, help them come out. Um, yes, many different topics uh, and, you know, some really good interviews in there talking about people's things. And He's a really good interviewer. <clears throat> I had a wonderful time being interviewed by him. He produces a great show. 
I don't know when my show will air because he said he interviewed me back in September, shortly before I moved to Lansing. And at the time, he said that he had enough episodes in the can that he could go without having to record until St. Patrick's Day. So, and I figure he's also recording. Mm -hmm. And I mean, mine really didn't have any timestamp on it. Nothing about it that said it needs to be broadcast by a certain date, which, you know, it's fine with me. Of course, part of the reason why I started this podcast Mm -hmm. was to give him a reason (laughs) to push it forward in the queue. (laughs) But we'll see when that goes live. And we'll go from there. And my brain shot, which tells me it's time for a break. Sometimes people who enjoy the topics discussed here can feel weird, unpleasantly unique, and separated from the rest of society. However, we at Harry Prone Companion have a simple way to get you feeling like a regular person again. Just start each morning with healthful, delicious prune juice. It gives you get up and go. This message brought to you by America's Plum Farmers. Don't you look at me with that tone of voice. I'm not. I'm looking away from you with that tone of voice. <laughs> you don't appreciate America's plum farmers like it's I am- do. It's amusing. It's, 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 yeah, that's fine. Okay. It takes all kinds. Thank goodness. <laughs> so, and so, and knit and crochet. We had, after the last episode... Um, had a bit of a conversation on Facebook, and you mentioned that you met, you had met uh, one of the people we talked about previously at Camp It mm-hmm. in Saugatuck. Now, I've never been to Saugatuck or Camp It. I have only heard the rumors <laughs> that it is the place where all of the Chicago gays go for vacation. Hmm. Uh, Saugatuck is a resort town in southwest michigan on the coast of lake michigan on the west coast um smaller tourist town uh pretty much you know filled with restaurants and candy fudge stores and t-shirt shops and galleries many galleries i think uh there was an artist community that was either in the early days or has always had a strong art presence and i remember a long time ago you had galleries every other store i don't think I don't know. It's been a while since I've been there. It didn't seem as many galleries, but still very touristy. A nice place for a day trip, um, you know, especially from Lansing. It's not that far. And so, yeah, I think people maybe come up from Chicago, but also a lot just come over from, you know, Michigan because it's kind of the gayest town in Michigan, basically. Gayer than Royal Oak? Um, I would think so. Just, to, well, touristy gay as opposed to, you know, city, urban gay, maybe. Okay. But I think it's uh, part... Well, let's see. Um, I'd say maybe more so because you wouldn't... You know, two guys walking down the street holding hands, I don't think would get quite a scant look as somewhere else, maybe. But I don't know. I'm not as familiar with Royal Oak. <laughs> yeah. I have heard Royal Oak described as Detroit's answer to Greenwich Village. Hmm. So I could see your Royal Oak being more like the you know urbane kind of, you know... Oh, uh, uh, cosmopolitan. Whereas yes. Saugatuck's definitely touristy. I mean, it's it's seasonal. It's it's right on the river, so lots of people in boats come. You go there for a, a nice day trip. It's tourist. Now, associated with that, there's two places that um, also I think up the gay quotient. One is Douglas Dunes, which is not in Saugatuck. It's in Douglas, which is right next to Saugatuck. It's a resort. It's a hotel and kind of like a nightclub together. There's a bar, there's a pool. Many events happen there. Mr. Michigan Leather in September is put on there. There's a group that put on Inferno, which is like a week-long kink week. Remind me when you're talking about the Detroit Bondage Club. Remind me of that because it's you have to be kind of vetted or at least known oh, yeah, by the, the group. to. Yeah, Chicago Hellfire Club, mm-hmm. it is one of the old mm-hmm. guard <clears throat> leather groups. And, and they take over the, they like, it's a private event. They take over the entire compound and it's, you, you go there for that. Um, like I said, it's, uh, you can go there and it's like, 
it can be just like a nightclub or a hotel. I knew a straight couple that accidentally stayed there one night because they saw it and said, oh, let's go in. And checking in, they realized, oh, okay, it's a bunch of guys. But it was fine for them. There's other sections um, off from the pool. There's a little area with some trees and bushes that there's little trails and people go there. Um, there's a section which basically is a dungeon. Very Spartan rooms with a bed and a lamp and a lockable door and a community bathroom at the end of the hall and then a larger area so i'm sure that gets used i saw it my whole exposure to this was about one friend we stopped there for a drink and he gave me a quick you know two penny tour and just showed me the various areas it was quiet it was empty there was no one there when we were there so i've never seen it in operation but it seems to be if you it's more of a you know resort ish so again I've heard most of my stories of it third hand, but that's how I heard it, you know, it, what it kind of is. So if you just want to go there and enjoy, it's not, the sex is not in your face. I think they, you know, like around the pool, I think that you're supposed to keep on your trunks and things like that. I don't know, probably different for different events, but camp it I'm much more familiar with. It's a campground that's in Fenville, which is very close to Sagatuck. I think it started, stays as just a... Someone bought land, made a trail that went through the field into the woods, a loop, and people would park there and hang out, um, and has grown into, it's become much more resorty. There's still camping, that's the rustic, so no electricity. There's ones with electricity, there's places for RV hookups. So there's many sections. There's trailers that are there seasonal for the whole year. Once they're, I mean, there's still trailers, they're still movable, but they're really there. There's landscaping around them. There's a, a nice pool, which uh, has built on a deck. Um, it's all fenced off, so the pool's pretty private. But I think they've installed a bar, is what I've heard. So there's now a bar next to the pool. I've not been there since that happened, but I could see that being a, a focal point. Uh, there's a bread and breakfast on site. Um, some nice little rentable cabins with air conditioning and a little mini covered porch that would be comfortable in whatever weather. It's seasonal. They're only open during the warmer months. I think the season has now ended. Yet it's not warm no. anymore. The thing is, each weekend has a theme. So there's like a Christmas in July. There's a Mardi Gras weekend, which is highly attended. Like, But not around Mardi Gras. <laughs> yeah, no. It's Mardi Gras in Michigan is still cold. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's in August. Uh, the Mardi Gras weekend, the Labor Day and Memorial Day weekends tend to be incredibly packed. If you don't have a reservation, you probably stuck with not going i think one time we tried to go during the day you can get day pass and there are no day passes to be had we were like oh i guess we'll just wander around sagatuck but the other the weekends are interesting uh there's leather weekends there's bear weekends um, i like the bear weekends the crowd tends to be very friendly and and very willing to uh feed you <laughs> it's like one <laughs> Imagine thing about bear. That. yeah one thing bears you know they know their food and they're very free with it <laughs> Again, it's just, just like a Jewish, you know, mother. Never mention you're hungry around a bear who cooks. Because they will, like, you must eat this. And it's like, but no, I'm fine. No, you said something. You must eat this. Okay, okay. You haven't eaten in three hours. You need to try this. Yes. It's, uh, and the more, you know, sexual parts of it, uh, there's a section that's called Wis old Wisconsin. The campground that's off of the old horseshoe, which is the original loop. Um, that's clothing optional. And uh, so if you just want to... Now, it's a mix. There's men and women who stay there. So they try and keep it in the public areas where at least the bits are covered. Like around the pool, they're like, nope, you're wearing swim trunks. That changes because years ago, the bear weekends would always have a midnight swim. Pool usually closes at dusk. Come, you know, 11 o'clock, they'd have a little event. And then people would come out and you had about an hour's worth of skinny dipping you could do at the pool. And then they chase you out. I've heard that's become a more regular thing now. It's standard. Um, and I saw so maybe with the bar, they stay open longer. So I don't know what's happened in the last... It's been two years since I've been there. So these are changes I've heard of. I've also heard there's a couple that does uh, meals on the weekends. So you pay like 10 bucks or something and they cook up stuff for people who just didn't bother to bring their own food. Um, there's a nice little convenience store, though, on the campground, too, that has, like, microwavable pizzas and sandwiches. So even if you didn't pack camping food, you can feed yourself if you stay on site. And they also had some well-stocked, I mean, uh, leather. I think all the leather products I bought had been purchased from the camp store there. So my harness, my vest, yeah. Been to IML twice, never bought leather. Go to camping, buy leather. Hmm. Hmm. Seemed to make sense at the time. 
Well, perhaps when the warmer months roll around, we'll do a remote show from oh. one of those three, or, or have three different shows. Have one in, in downtown Saganuck, have one at Douglas, have one at Camp It. And, and find out, and it sounds like a good excuse for me to go back and actually see how it's changed. Um, the, the other nice thing about Camp It is, the, it's as sexual as you want it to be. If you just want it to be a nice weekend where you lounge by a pool, hang out with friends, campfire... It can be that. Like I said, the Wisconsin areas where hijinks happen, you know, that's off to the side. You are, don't have to be party to that. There's a section where there's trails through the woods. That stuff happens there. But again, if you're looking for that, you can find it, and it can be wonderful. If you don't want that, it's very easy not to even be exposed to that. So it's whatever you really want it to be. In your memory, about how buggy was it? Not... Mostly not. Um, I've it's, but there's been some summers here in Michigan that's been much buggier than others. Westwood, it's their newest area. They opened up where a lot of RV uh, parking and uh, rustic camping, but also uh, where they installed a like a bunkhouse, which is like this large building where they hold a lot of their events. Is what they call Westwood. That area has always felt more mosquitoey. Okay. Um, I don't know if there's like a lot of water around there or if it's just because it was farther away and maybe they spray. But yeah, Westwood always felt a bit more buggy. But um, you know, also shower options. Westwood was one that has the nice showers that are private. They can lock if you don't want to be a part. But there's these wonderful gang showers that are next to the pool, which is like, you know, and if you're using the urinal, there's mirrors right there at eye level. So you're seeing behind you and seeing the shower area. And then there's some great showers that are set outside uh, next to the main area uh, the building you check into and you know there it's walled off but you're you know open sky and there's just something kind of fun about showering basically outside yeah i mean my concern about the bugs is you know especially in the wisconsin area that you talked about mm. i mean a i don't want to get eaten alive mm. especially down there but also off smells nasty mm. enough as it is i'd hate to get some of it on my tongue i feel that the perfect product that needs to be developed is a basically a lube sunscreen bug repellent also good for the skin so maybe some vitamin e i mean if you could have one thing that does all of those you'd be set but no i th they must maybe spray like i said i think they're trying to make it more resort than so i could see them actually making sure that there's insect control is happening you know to keep it down it's not been any worse than any other camping experience, really. A little DDT and you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. I was forced into the Boy Scouts mm -hmm. when I was in elementary, junior high, and early part of high school. And our troop was really big on winter camping. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and then one bad case of hypothermia, and I'm like, never again. <laughs> Camping itself, I'm, I'm not opposed to. I would have to rebuild my gear because mm -hmm. I don't have any camping gear right now. I don't know where I'd put it in this apartment. But no, you know, getting out in nature and being natural in nature is fun. And yeah, I could see doing the rustic camping, just have to get some mosquito netting because that's... Uh, in the Boy Scouts, you know, that's when you get eaten is when you're asleep. Oh, yeah. I mean, a tent or... Um, I haven't been using a hammock, actually. It's a, But it has a full mosquito netting and tarp over, and it works pretty well and keeps me above the ground. I hate the idea of being on the ground when it's raining, because no matter how good your tent is, I just am like, okay, is water getting in here? What I would have is a small tent, mm -hmm. some form of cot, yes, just to get up yep. off the ground... Uh, sleeping bag and mosquito netting, and then yes, combination sunscreen and bug spray. And also, if you don't have camping equipment, uh, they do have lots of options. Uh, they do have these little mini cabins, which are actually trailers. They're movable. It out of the elements, there's air, a little air conditioning unit. It's pretty much big enough for I think like the bed, and that's it. But then uh, it has a little porch that's covered that comes out the front. Those are in an area that are kind of by the RVs. Um, that's a nice little area. Uh, they do have some uh, trailers that they also rent out that are there. Um, so, you know, if you're not, if you don't have the camping stuff, they do have lots of options for, uh, you know, staying there too. Something for summer of 2016. I need to get back. Yes. I, I need to go for the first time. Earlier this past summer, sometime, Pork Chop 
messaged me out of the blue and said, hey, do you want to go to Saugatuck? Hmm. And I said, sure, why not? But when the day came, radio silence from him. And I was like, oh, I was kind of looking forward to it. Because, <laughs> you know, it was kind of like, I was kind of seeing Saugatuck as like IML. I mean, it took somebody inviting me for me to get off my duff and actually go to IML. Mm -hmm. So I needed that invitation to go to Saugatuck and to have somebody there who knew the area. Um, kind, of, kind of a native guide in a way who at least can yeah, yeah, yeah. show you around. Like I said, I, I love that, you know, I had a friend who showed me around, you know, Douglas Dunes Resort and showed me all the nooks and crannies and what it's about. It's like, okay, so... I feel comfortable going to an event here. I mean, it would be completely different with people there and things happening, but at least I have like the lay of the land. And again, yeah, it's best to go with someone who knows and they can show you the stuff because you don't want to be having to navigate the trails because they're not lit. And so it's like, ah, that I know. It's like <laughs> flashlight, which is frowned upon because you know they want privacy. Red filter over the flashlight. I what I want is you know it's like I just want night vision goggles. <laughs> Red light on the flashlight made me think, I need to get somewhere again that has a dark sky. Hmm. Because when I lived in East Taos, mm -hmm. uh, for a while, uh, the entire time I lived in East Taos, I worked at a radio station there. For part of the time I was working at the radio station, I did the morning news along with the morning drive guy. And so I had to be into the radio station at 4 a.m. East Tawas isn't very well lit, or at least it wasn't back in 2001. And then the broadcast house is about 30 minutes further inland, away from the city, away from everything. So I remember just this one night I got into the radio station and looked up and I saw the night sky. Mm -hmm. I saw the Milky Way. I was like, oh my word. It's it was yeah, beautiful. It's a, and, there, and the nice thing is in Michigan, there are a couple of dark sky um, areas where they, you know, they cultivate it to or curate it to be um, dark. You know, just that it's away from a major metropolitan area and the campground and all that do their best to keep the lighting down. So there's not a lot of big, you know, lights just polluting the, the sky. And I think one is... I believe one is in the thumb area and the other is at the very tip. Uh, Wilderness State Park, which is a bit, I think, west of the bridge. Yeah. I think there's also one in the Huron National Forest. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to, you know, go camping to one of those, especially for some event. A meteor shower or, you know, something that's going to happen. Lunar eclipse. So, oh. you know, but yeah, but I'd love to, yeah, just because, yeah, I, I grew up in an area that was just away from it all, so... I used to be able to yeah. see stars, and now that's area's grown up. So it's like, and now I live in Lansing, where yeah, it's it's hard to see. Yeah, recently there was a solar storm, and they said that you could see aurora as far south as Cincinnati. Okay, and I stuck my head outside several times, and I didn't see anything. I've been lucky enough to run into them three times. At you know just. One time biking home late at night out in the middle of nowhere and thought it was a jet trail and was like realized, nope, that's a curtain of light slowly going over your head. And yeah, they're beautiful to see. And so I'm, I'm lucky to at least witness yeah. them three times here in the area. Yeah, When I get hideously wealthy, I kind of like to, on a clear night, new moon, charter a boat out of Alpena, mm -hmm. go to basically the U.S. Canada border. So the middle of Lake Huron where you're 360 degrees of water and the only light is you. Mm -hmm. Blank out the lights and just lay back on the deck and look up. Astronomy on <laughs> on a hairy-prone companion. We cover uh, lots of things. Oh, and there was, what, astronomy and ales? Astronomy on tap. Astronomy on tap. Some yep. local, uh, some astrophysicists from MSU get together at a local bar and once a month talk a couple topics and drink beer and give out prizes. It's a cool event. Yeah, I wanted to go to the most recent one. I wasn't able to make it. Perhaps I will make it to the next one. It's, yay, it's worth going to. It's a fun event. Yay, nerdy stuff. Uh, 
momentary <laughs> pause while I get the script for the next commercial. This section of A Harry Prone Companion is brought to you by Tom's All Night Diner. Please, please stop asking why our servers aren't wearing armor. You're thinking of Bob's All Night with a K bar and grill. Stupid Bob with his titles and his heraldry and his random sword frights breaking out all over the place. Remember, it's Tom's All-Night Diner, no K. Eat in the dark. Feel better about your life choices. Okay. And now we end the show. The last 15 to 20 minutes of the show, as usual, is crafting. And today I actually pulled out a crochet hook and a couple of... Two crochet hooks and a couple of balls of yarn. To torture me. Yes, because I want to torture Mike. And actually, I want to teach him how to... Sorry, I'm just looking at the crochet needle saying, Hey, <laughs> I'm sure someone shoved one of these up through your ether at some point. Oh, Not this one, but in no, general. No, not, not that one. I have another specific toy that I like to shove up my dick. Um, and I'll show that to you after we finish recording. But... No, I've seen I've seen people insert crochet hooks into themselves. I don't know if I do under the hook part, but no, no, not part, not yeah. the hook. But mm -hmm. yeah, you you've got something that's metaled and machined, and you know it can go through the dishwasher and be boiled. And uh, so now, how did you attach the yarn to the hook? Um, slip knot. Okay, uh, I did a slip knot, kind of like I do for knitting okay. with this the loop going to the working yarn. Okay. Okay, so that's how you start. So, I remember how to do a slip knot. Well, let let me show you yes. again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so start with loop over. Yep. Okay, then through that loop that you've created. Got it. You push another loop. Got it. And then yeah, it's yeah, and it slips. Yeah, and okay. it slips right. Yeah, it's basically just an overhand knot, but with a, a loop through. Okay. So I'm going to teach you how to do granny squares because this one of the nice things about the granny squares is you have rather large spaces to work with when you put to put the hook back through your existing work okay so first thing to start the granny square is chain four so one two Three and four. Okay. Right. And to chain, all, all you do is just yarn over mm -hmm. and then pull through. Okay. So yarn over away from me or toward uh, me? Either. Just be consistent about Got it. Got it. So, yeah. Yarn over. Oh, I up there. What am I doing wrong? So this is why I hate crochet. Okay, no. All right. Yarn you, over. Now... We seem to be mirror images of each other because okay. I've got my crochet hook in my dominant hand mm -hmm. and I've got my yarn in my less dominant hand. So, yeah, yarn over and then pull through. You will often have to twist the crochet hook as you pull through so that you don't catch the existing loop. Which is what I'm doing. Okay. We will do this. Okay, so yarn over and pull through. Right. It will, it will happen. I'm not doing this properly, but that's okay. Uh, and it's there. There. There's still something on the hook. Yes. Okay. Okay. And got it. And then repeat. Repeat three times. Okay. Right. So, okay. And again, the way I do it is I hold my crochet hook in my dominant hand. I've got my thumb on the flat part along with my middle finger. Mm-hmm. And then I've got my pointer finger holding the work. Then I've got my working yarn in my off hand. And I, when I yarn over, I go over and away from me. Okay. Well, at least I did that. And then I just let it fall. And yeah. And then okay. when I pass through, I keep the loop that I'm working on kind of loose. And when I pass through... I turn the crochet hook so that the hook itself ends up pointing down mm -hmm. 
to the open part of the loop on it. Because if you have it up, you're just going to catch and you're not going to go anywhere. Okay. So there's kind of a half twist okay. in, in there. Yes. Okay. Now, it, are are you? Is your left hand dominant or is your right hand dominant? Uh, depends on what I'm doing. Uh -huh. think, yes. Uh, right, probably for crocheting. Okay. I think I've done it. Maybe. Probably not. Okay. Let, let me let me take a quick look. Okay. Yeah, you do have you have a chain there. Okay. Okay. So, what I want you to do then is find on your chain. A gap as as close to the end of the chain as possible. Okay, beginning of it, got it. Yeah, so basically the beginning of your chain mm -hmm. and pass your crochet hook through the beginning of the chain. Okay, I think I think that's it. I think okay. Okay. It's done. Now mm -hmm. yarn over mm -hmm. and then pass through both loops what we're doing here is called a slip stitch ah, okay okay so yarn over and then pass through two loops we can do this we can do this and okay this is not proper form but this is just okay there got it i think okay yeah, maybe so maybe. now you'll have a loop mm -hmm. and you've got a nice hole okay. so we've got a loop of yarn and a nice hole that we can work with Okay. So that hole is where we're going to put our uh, stitches, our, our crochets, sort of. I will explain as I go along. Okay. That's good because I've already screwed this up and would have to start again. Because look, there's two yarns and I, yeah, no. I, okay. Something horribly, horribly has gone wrong with All me. All right. So I, I'm going to start over. I will I'm, watch I'm gonna, you. Yeah. Mike will watch me as I explain. Okay. Making a slip knot, cool, and then yeah. getting the hook in there, okay, tightening, ta-da. Ta-da, and we'll snip that, uh, and then weave in at the end. Okay, so. Okay, yep. All right, got my hook. Yep, around. Around. Okay. I kind of pulled the hook part down okay. and through. Ah, okay. okay. So one, two, three, four chains. Mm -hmm. I'm going to join the chain to itself with a slip stitch. So I find the beginning of the chain. Mm -hmm. I put the crochet hook through there, mm -hmm. yarn over, mm -hmm. and then pull through both loops. Yep. So I only have one loop on the chain. All right. So now I've got this circle that I've chained that's mm -hmm. four chains long. All right. Now I'm going to build my first my first square of the granny square. So, and the granny squares are built in clusters of three. So because I'm doing double crochet, which is what I tend to do, I'm going to chain three, two, three. Mm -hmm. That is, that counts as the first part of the cluster. All right. So for double crochet, I yarn over. I put it through the center of my chain loop, mm -hmm. yarn over, pull through just the chain loop. So now I've got three loops on my hook. Yarn over, pull through two loops, yarn over, mm -hmm. pull through two loops. All right, then I repeat that double crochet again. Da -da -da -da. Pull through two loops. Pull through two loops. Okay, so that makes my first cluster of three. Okay. Okay. Now I'm going to turn the corner so that it becomes a square eventually. So to turn the corner, you chain two. That will be your corner. Then we'll do another block of three. So, and I am also kind of working the tail in to these clusters that I'm crocheting. I'm kind of picking it up as, as I work around the loop. Mm -hmm. So I've got less to have to weave in unless I have to snip at the end. 
So that's first one of the second cluster. And we've got the second one of the second cluster and our third one of the second cluster. And of course I chose to use a really dark, hmm. but you can already see that I've got a good 90 degree mm -hmm. angle yes. there. Okay. So one and two chains gets me to my third cluster. So oop. see, even I mess up now and again, not quite perfect. So there's my first double crochet. There is my second. It's taking shape. We're right. seeing something happening. And my third. All right, so okay. now we can see we've got three sides mm -hmm. of the square built. I will chain two again to make the next corner and make my third cluster. So one and two and color change because this was my ball of waste yarn and three. Okay, okay. so got the, the fourth and final cluster built. Okay, so now I need to chain two to make the last corner, mm -hmm. and then I'm going to slip stitch again into the chain three that I did. I'm going to find my point here and slip through. Okay, so that is the first level of the grinding square. Okay, okay, and because it's twelve, mm -hmm. okay, what you can do. For if you want to go advanced, you can shift it very easily into a hexagon by doing blocks of two rather than three. So you've got two, chain two, two, chain two, and then you end up with six-sided. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to flip my work over and continue the pattern. So chain three to get started, mm -hmm. do another double, and... I'm not going into the previous chain two, I'm going into the gap that's made by the chain. Okay, so one. Okay, so that's two and three. Okay, now I'm gonna chain two and turn and then still working in that same gap, mm -hmm. I'm gonna do another cluster. One, two, and three. All right, now I'm just gonna chain one to skip over this cluster here and do another cluster in the next corner. Mm -hmm. And that chain one will give me the gap that I need when I do the next layer to put in the middle cluster of the third layer. So I'm actually gonna stop and explain a few things here. Okay, so I've got so what will so I've got this here. I've got my second layer that I'm building. Mm -hmm. So, and then when you go out to the third layer, what you'll do is in each corner, you'll put two clusters in each corner with a chain two between them, and then in this gap here, you'll put another cluster. So then you end up with three clusters on each side, and you keep going mm -hmm. until you've got your square built to the size that you want to work with. Okay. Generally, when it depends on what I'm doing. My granny square based placemat that was granny square technique but actually ended up as a circle because of 
because I did some increases in there. Mm -hmm. That ended up being, I want to say, 20 times around. Um, but the last time I worked with Granny Squares to make an Afghan, I did five. I did five, five rounds, put that square aside, built the next square. And then I just slip stitched the the sides together. You take, you know, these loops here, mm -hmm. match them up, and then just do that slip stitch where you pull through both the the two loops that are existing and the loop on the crochet hook. Yeah. Uh, and that's how you do the slip stitch. Got it. Well, actually, I say I got it. You no. say you say you have it. No, it, I. You, you, you see. You I, see what I've, I've seen, done. and it 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 makes sense. I, I it, you the evidence is in your hands. This works. I have no clue how it happened. It's still dark, dark magic to me because I mean I know what you're saying, and it's like I'm trying to visualize, and I'm still yeah. I need to work on the basics, which is like actually figuring out how to make the goddamn chain. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like right. it's like ah. It's like and every time you said cluster in my head, I heard fuck cluster fuck. Because that's Cluster what's fuck. happening Cluster to me. Fuck. Cluster like, fuck. It's like, oh, this is not working. It's crochet. It's like it will. I will not defeat me. I will learn it. But yeah, there's that psychological thing saying this is beyond you. It's like you do other things. You work in a lab. You're a scientist. You can do this. Yes, you you can do this. Not saying anything horrible about you know little old ladies, but little old ladies can do this. I can do it too. Yes, it crochet has been around for several hundred years. Knitting has been around for several thousand years. Mm -hmm. um, it's not difficult, but there is that learning curve yes. there. Where doing anything new for the first time... And my brain is old and calcified. And it's like, why are you trying to do this? Yeah. Well, before we go, uh, and Mike and I, after the recording, may try and I may try and show him how to get it done at this point i think i'd rather shove the crochet needle up my dick than try and use it to make yarn work well i do have <laughs> sterile lube so perhaps when we finish recording we'll do that instead but i do want to give an update on the msu scarf that i was working on mm. i ripped that out oh here's why so first i made the the happy little mistake that instead of Purling, mm -hmm. I knit into the back loop instead. Okay. I go with that. Then, because I've been picking up, putting it down, picking up, putting it down, I ended up going back on itself. So half of it was four, and then half of it was six. Okay. And then I did that again. So half of it was six, half of it was ten. And I'm like, nope, we are... One happy little mistake? Yes, absolutely. That, that's just part of handmade work. It happens. Yeah. Two happy mistakes? Maybe. Uh, when I got to the third and I was only 10 rows in, I'm like, no, we're starting <laughs> over again. And we are going from there. <laughs> and I see my... You're... You're... Chaining. You're chaining. Yes, I, I, I just needed to get that technique and not have to take my fingers to pick the yarn off the needle and slip it over. It's like, okay, there they, yeah. they must be a way I'm doing this wrong. And it's the, yes, yeah, the twisting toward me that's. And yes. also now I'm actually holding the crochet needle in my dominant, well, more dominant hand. Crochet dominant hand, let's put it that way. My hands are very complicated, weird things. Am, a, a bit of ambidexterity between friends, huh? I write. Things, you know, and with left-handed, and then everything else seems to be right-handed. Hmm. So cutting and all that, which made, you know, first grade a nightmare because they always gave me the lefty scissors. And it's like, oh, and I use them in my right hand because that's the hand I cut with. So it's like, yeah, two wrongs did not make it right. Well, my, my grandfather went to Catholic school. Oh. And so he wrote with his right hand and did everything else with his left hand. Ha. Huh. Uh -huh. So I've at least got, yeah, so I've got that down, so yay, so. Yay, we've got chaining down. I, I, I've got the chains down, clusterfuck's neck. Yes, clusterfuck your neck. Clus, clusterfuck's next. 
Next up, clusterfucks. That's it. No, ne- next up is the slip stitch. Then we'll get to the ah, clusterfucks. Okay. Well, we've run out of time again. Please send your questions, comments, show ideas, dirty pictures, or project photos to harryprone at gmail.com. Or tweet at us. We are at harryprone.com. Our theme music is Hotspot by Aux, used under the Creative Commons Attributions License. We are your hosts, Sir Arcane, and Lansing Mike is still engrossed in his Lansing chain. Mike, trying to chain here. It's like, <laughs> oh my god. Wishing you peace, love, perversion, and simple crochet. Good night. Stay warm.